Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Seer Soccer Studs podcast, where we discuss the beautiful game with a southern twang. I'm your co-host, co-host, wow, already starting off well today. I'm your co-host, Matt, and again we have Mr. Jason. Yellow. So, Jason, are you ready to cut this Premier League biscuit? I do believe I am, Matt. And <laughs> I guess i got to tell you what I'm going to do here. Yeah. What? So, uh, I think I'm going to go a little uh, salty savory today with um, cheddar and kale biscuit. My wife makes these on occasion, and they are the bomb. Wow. That actually sounds very appetizing. Very tasty. Kale's, kale's good. Kale's good for you. got to get my vegetables in. <laughs> Is that a vegetable? <laughs> I'll say it is. It's okay. a leafy green. Okay. Yeah. Well, well. Yeah. Here today on <laughs> the veggies that you need in your diet. All right. Well, another interesting midweek. Before we get to the games, Jason, there was a song that you played before we got started. Yes. What was this song? This song was a song called Brighter by Rufus Dussol. Off the Bloom soundtrack, or soundtrack, I always said CD last week and almost said soundtrack, but I'm going to get it right this time and say album. It's an album, not a CD. Get out of the 90s, Jason. Is it a compact disc? I may have. No, actually, I have have very limited compact discs these days. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, my little beat-up truck out there that I drive around to work and stuff still has a cassette player in it. It's from 2001. It's cut down to nothing. Love it. Little five-speed. Gosh. Yeah, that's right. You heard me. An American can drive a stick. Yes. <laughs> Especially in the South, we can do that. Yeah, yeah man. Got to learn how to drive a stick. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, that uh, that song, was there a reason you, you wanted to play it? Um, Man, that's a, honestly, Matt, that's a song that I've, I've listened to often. It's just when it's, again, a soulful kind of electronic, electronic pop. I don't know how you yeah. would consider that genre, but um, lyrics are really cool, and it's got a beat that I can just kind of listen to any any time of the day. You know, it doesn't get you too amped, and it's kind of like just easy peasy. Nice, nice. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Thanks. And it was my turn as well. Um, so I've noticed lately that it's been pretty chilly out there. Around here, it's been kind of chilly. You know, I've got poor circulation in my feet, so when my feet are cold, I'm just freezing. Mm. I've been freezing lately. And then I look around the U.S. and I see snow everywhere. So, I had a thought. Let's just say you're missing summer. Let's just say, hey, you want to be close to the beach instead of the mountains. Mm-hmm. This song, I think, is for you. It is called Feels Like Summer. By Childish Gambino. What a good song, man. And I got to thank you for that, this song, Jason, because um, after last week and your song Casio by Jungle, I've made a little Casio um, station on my Pandora. And then what I do is I go into the shuffle stations and then I just choose the stations that I want to mix up because, you know what, I don't want to hear the same thing all the time. So I got a little bit of soul in there. I got a little bit of like 80s pop, a little 
you know, old school, like, just really good. I'm trying to think of the band's name. Fleetwood Mac is in there nice. a lot, you know. So anyway, I put it on shuffle, and this song came on, and I was like, oh, man, this is a jam. And then I looked, and I'm like, Childish Gambino? Dang. Donald Glover is, he's got everything. He's talented. He is incredibly talented. I saw him first on the Community show. That's right. I forgot he was on. Yeah. Funny, funny, funny show. Especially him and his uh, sidekick in the show. But yeah, he's just, this guy surprises me. Every Everything that I learn about him, he really surprises me. So anyway, check out the song, Feels Like Summer, if you're feeling a little chilly. Is like you said a little when I played this song. This is a great anthem for summer. Yeah. But you can play it year round and still enjoy it. Oh yeah, man. You can jam out of this any season of the year. For sure. Yes, yes. yes. Alright. So we'll get into the footy. First game of the week. There's actually two games at the same time, but I'm gonna start with Sheffield United. Two, West Brom one. Mm. Another bottom of the table clash where both teams needed three points and Sheffield United's on a little bit of a run. I believe they've won more games in the last month than they have in the last six months. So. Yeah, it's like, what team is this? Yeah, it looked like uh, Sheffield United of last year. Um, this was a tough victory for them. They went down pretty early on. Um, in the 41st minute, Robinson from West Brom hits a low shot at Ramsdale. Ramsdale kind of parries it right back into the mixer. Eventually falls to Maddie Phillips, who finishes it. And at that point, you could just tell Sheffield United looked deflated. But <clears throat> I guess Chris Wilder, the coach, went in at halftime and ripped a few shoelaces apart and threw them around and <laughs> got the team ready to go for the second half because in the 56th minute, Sheffield tied up with Jaden Bogle. Man, I just like the name Bogle. I don't know why. <laughs> it's fun. Sounds like Bugle. Yeah. Oh, bugles are good. Yeah. 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 Bugles, if you want to sponsor us, give a shot. <laughs> shot. Yeah, send us an email. Uh, anyway, uh, Jane Bogle, um, after Basham, dribbles himself to kind of into, I'd say, like a defender pickle. <laughs> yeah. He tries to cut back, and his touch is a little too strong, but it goes right to his player, and Jane Bogle just smashes it in, ties up the game. And then in the 63rd minute, Ramsdale makes a huge save to keep the game tied. And, yeah, I mean, it was basically Point Blake. It, oh, man, this was just huge with a Y save. Huge. Yeah. But in the 73rd, Billy Sharp gets the winner. Basham crosses, it, crosses in. There's like a little scrap in the box. Probably a foul. Probably. Just a little. But, you know, when you got two bottom feeders going at each other, you know it's going to be a dirty game. This was yep. like a championship-style game, you know? Oh, yeah, man. Clawing from the bottom. Yeah. But the 
ball lands right at Sharp, and he just smashes it home for the winner. Sheffield United dominated the possession and chances, but West Brom actually ended up with the best chances of the game. Mm. But Sheffield United on top, still at the bottom of the table, but they're getting closer. Got that three points. Yeah, yeah. And then the next game was, or at the same time, was Wolves 2, Arsenal 1. Oof. Yeah, this was... uh, an interesting game. Uh, Arsenal started off extremely strong, basically almost scoring inside of the first minute with Saka. He hits the post. Not too long later, Arsenal put the ball in the back of the net, only to be called offsides. Yeah. So, and then Arsenal again hit the post before Nicholas Pepe. Guys, like, finally showing what he can do. He gets the ball, fakes out a defender, gets kind of lucky with a, a bounce off of Semedo from Wolves, but then the audacity that he had to <laughs> to just nutmeg Ruben yes. Neves and then just curl a ball in with his weaker foot. I mean, that was a strong finish. Strong I, would, finish. I had to do a double take because I was like, is that Pepe? Yeah. Yeah. On with his right foot? Yeah. 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 But right before halftime was when the game went clamorous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well said. David Luiz. Oh, David Luiz. Oh, poor poor fella. Sideshow Bob. Oh, man. He is sprinting in trying to get back on defense. Takes out uh, what is the guy's name? Can't think of it. Uh, it's the new Ford for Wolves. Oh, Josie, right? Was it Josie William? Uh, William Jose. Yeah. Oh, let me get that right. Yeah. Backwards yes. man here. Thank you, thank you. William Jose, um, he takes, David Luiz takes him out. Now, a lot of people, especially Arteta, were like, I don't see the contact. I don't see, I've watched it 10 times and I don't see the contact. I saw the contact, and I saw it twice. <laughs> I'm over here trying to absorb some of this laughter, Matt, because I saw it too. And the thing that went through my mind was like, poor guy. What could he do? He couldn't do anything. The guy's running in front of him and connects while David loses on his tail. The contact, really, it was. There was contact. Yes, there was contact. And as somebody that's watched David Luiz for a very long time in Chelsea Blue Colors, I guarantee you that he meant to do that. He knew what he was doing. He made it look like it was an accident. You know how you can tell that? What's that? Did you see his reaction when the referee called <laughs> yes, penalty? I... He didn't he didn't question it. He was just like, okay, yep. Last defender, red card, PK. Yep. <clears throat> He's got a track record. So either <laughs> yes. way. He's had a track record with Arsenal. With Chelsea, he didn't. Yeah. But we'll get to that here in a second. But uh, Ruben Neves t- steps up, fires it upper 90. What a nice PK. Mm. And then into the second half, wow, 49th minute. Jao Matinho. We do not get to see these very often anymore. Back mm-hmm. when 
I'd say in like 2004 to like 2010, you had rockets like this all the time. People would just smash balls from outside the box. So where I learned to smash the ball outside the box, like oh, if you get man. an opening, hit it. Why not? Never, never really scored any bangers like that though. But, <laughs> but yeah, Jal Matino said, "Would you like some mash with your bangers?" Yeah. <laughs> Hits the ball from about thirty-five yards out. Leto, who's a great keeper, probably got uh, that tiny little hair on his fingernail on it, but couldn't keep it out. Man, what a goal. I'm pretty sure Jal knew it was going in from the moment it left his foot. Oh, man, he struck that so purely. It was it was wonderful. <laughs> and then in the 72nd minute, that keeper we're talking about, Burnt Leno. Mm-hmm. Straight red. So This was comical. This was f- funny. Ball gets played over the top. I think... Uh, What's his name? Stone Cold Diesel. Diesel Train. Um, <laughs> Adama Traore. <laughs> he is a diesel train, isn't yeah. he? Oiled up diesel train. He does oil himself before he goes on. Yeah. He does. He, I know. You see him lathering himself on the sidelines. Oh, sometimes. I've never seen him lather him. <laughs> well, I think, I, think, I think he has assistants that lather him up. But uh, it sounds kind of weird, actually. But, uh, yeah, he does put baby oil in his arms. Yeah. I, I mean, it might be just to kind of, when he gets close to people, can he just spin off of them quicker i think just to avoid those grabs you know and you know they're always going to grab jersey but sometimes they try to grab arms that's true he's got some big old arms too so and apparently he does not lift weights uh i think i'll send a detective over there to investigate that one Uh, apparently it's just all these little resistant bands that he does oh great genetics i guess he's got his arms are bigger than my dang thighs. so I, I think his arms are probably the size of most people's thighs. Yeah, that's true. Oh, we digress. So, <laughs> balls played over the top. Diesel train. Adama Traore is running onto it. Burnt Leno comes out. Goalie for Arsenal. Misreads the bounce. Bounces up into his body. And what does he do? Mm. He punches the ball out outside of the box. Out of bounds. Straight red. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong oh, end of the gosh. hand of God, I guess. Oh, it was so... And he tried to keep it, like, tucked in so that the referee wouldn't see it, but the linesman was right there and was just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. And what per- goes through your head in a split second like that? I mean, yeah. I don't... I don't know. I guess nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but second red card of the game. Game's in... Game ends, two to one to Wolves. Arsenal. Since Mikel Arteta took over, Boxing Day 2019, mm-hmm. December 26, they have received nine red cards three times. Three times, not three more. Three times the amount of the closest team, yep. which is basically three if you do the math. But yeah. still. I mean, the discipline from this team is just, I think it's on a bus going to, to Rome or something. Like, I don't know what's going on. How many of those red cards did David Luiz have? Two or three? Three. But he's given away six penalties. Man. Since he started for Arsenal. What a guy. Yeah. When he was at Chelsea, I think he only gave away, he, got, he only received one red card, and I don't know about the PKs, but 
Yeah, age is not suiting him well. <laughs> yeah, I think you said it best. Well, now we will move on to another game with two red cards. Yes. Manchester United, nine. Southampton, nil. Zero. Nothing. But, um, man, yeah, I, I want to go back up to the red cards because I was like, are we just seeing red today? But anyway, going into this match, you don't really have to wait long for any fireworks because in the second minute of this game at Old Trafford, a, a debut, first start, Alexandra Yankowitz. What was he thinking in the second minute? I mean, when you see Scott Matamane's leg mm. and you see the cleat marks like on his upper thigh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't. Oh, you can't do that's that. Just, and why would you, I mean, what do you think is going to happen in the first minute? The referee's just going to be like, oh, it's just the first minute. That's okay. You can get, no. No. It, You're it trying was, to. Yeah. It, it was instant, and it's, it's hard because, unfortunately, unfortunately, the guy got a start, but it wasn't his best start. So it's in his head, you know. I can only imagine playing on that level and the energy and whatnot and maybe not very clear thought going through your head. But, unfortunately, for him, he gets a red card in his debut, and thankfully, old Scooty McTominay was fine afterwards. He got, a, like Matt mentioned, there was a little some cleat marks on his thigh, but he was going to make it through regardless. Uh, so, you know, uh, Southampton now starting, pretty much starting the game, going to play the whole game with 10 men for the most part. And then not too long, you know, the goals begin, 18th minute, 25th minute, they just come, I mean, four goals in the first half. I don't even want to, can't really get through all of these. I just want to point out that Luke Shaw, with his left foot and some of those crosses, whether he was finding Juan Basaka, Greenwood into Rashford, he was just making things happen. And I really just want to, you know, big kudos, big up, tip my hat to Mr. Luke Shaw for playing so well. Um, but really, the first, for the most part, it was all united. Four goals in the first half. Until, unfortunately, one of the goals I just want to go back to in the, the third goal of the game, okay. which, was, which was Rashford's um, bank shot, I should say, off of Jan Badnarak, who was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Some guys have done this before, some not. If you're a defender, sometimes there's really nothing you can do, man, but just, okay, it's done. With I got to go oh, back. The OG, and, yeah. Yeah, the own goal. Um, but yeah, in the, the fourth goal, uh, I think just prior to the fourth goal, Matt, was that, was that penalty, which wasn't a penalty, but it was outside of the box. So <clears throat> I wanted to talk about this because the last time um, something similar happened, uh, Joe and I kind of discussed it. It happened to Christian Pulisic. I think this was in a, um, it was Chelsea versus Leicester. And they, they called it outside the box as well. And my question to Joe was, where, where did they draw the line? Because they say if, if literally you're touching the line, then it's considered inside the box. So yep. it's a PK. So in, in that circumstance, Christian Pulisic's, I think his forward foot was actually touching the line, but where he was fouled, was his foot that was behind the line where the ball was. 
So it's like, I don't know how they kind of make up the rules there. Mm. And Joe said, you know, I think it's because, or I think the ruling is where the foul actually occurred. So they fouled his, his left foot, was, which was outside the box. In this circumstance, mm-hmm. Cavani's foot is on the line. Yes, it is. And that foot gets stepped on. Mm-hmm. And they said it, the foul occurred outside the box. I don't understand it because, once again, you know, we're talking VAR. They got cameras. They got slow-mos. They can zoom in. They can, they can see little fine fibers on his, on his shoelaces, most likely. But you can't see that his foot's on the line. Did, did the defender's foot come down on his ankle outside of the box? Is that what they were looking at? Because it confused me. Yeah, I, I just – this game had a lot of shoddy um, calls. Yep. And – I mean, we'll go over them oh, in, definitely. in a little bit. But just the overall performance by the referee in this game, don't get me wrong, that, that first red card, absolutely. Oh, you yeah. got to send him off. There's no, there's no room because if you, al- if you just give him a yellow card in that circumstance, you're allowing more stuff like that to happen yeah, in the game. You're setting so, up a very dangerous game. Exactly. So, yes, he gets sent off. But after that, the referee and the VAR had a torrid time with this game. Yep. So I just I wanted to talk about that because I just don't understand the ruling anymore. And I honestly think that the the referees and the VAR kind of just make it up as they go yep. by game. It seems that way sometimes. I don't understand, you know, you know, with the handballs and, and, like, I don't know if you guys heard us talking about last week. It's just there needs to be more of a bold, stated rule and not so much of a, uh, well, my opinion and my perception of it goes this way instead of that way. So these are rules of a game that can change the game in a moment. Can we get it right? Yeah, and the prop, especially with the handball, yeah. they rewrite the rules like every other week. Right, exactly. I can sit here and talk about this all day long, but let's get back to this whooping here. Yeah. Um, which, you know, hey, I'm a Manchester United fan, got to be happy in some ways. But, you know, it's no fun to get beat 9 nothing. No, I mean, everybody knows that, regardless of what game you play. But the second half, for the most part, um, OGS made some substitutions, wanted to protect his boys. The game is already in the bag. Yeah. So um, another little questionable call, a, VAR, a VAR call in the 56th minute, not too far into the game. And what happens? Uh, just to, Of course, I guess they feel, felt like they owed him the PK. So get a PK, a very light touch on Anthony Martial from Shea Adams, I believe. No, wait, that's Shea Adams. I'm mixing up with the offsides. But he gets just a touch from one of the defenders in Southampton and goes down. Once again, they review it, PK. And, of course, since it was a a goal-scoring chance, last man back, red card, given to none other than Jan Bednarak. Jan. Jan. (laughs) I want to call him Jan. I think it's so close to Janet. That one, unlike David Luiz's, who I promise you he was meant to do that, this was a very similar situation, but Jan Vanderek was pulling out of the foul and was trying to basically – it's one of those where you go in and you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to get there. So he almost did a swim move, tried to do a swim move to get out of it. The worst part was after the red card was given – 
he walked up to Martial and Mar- and they had a conversation and Martial said to him, "Dude, you didn't foul me." Yeah. I mean, when <sighs> you're already down one man like Martial, I'm I'm sorry, but you need to go to the referee and be like it's it's not a foul. Like you're up four nothing and was it five nothing before that? Like, no, I was this is before any of the goal chances, of course, because this was a this was number five with the PK that Bruno took um, I mean, afterwards. Come on, all come said on Martial, you gotta you gotta be a man and take responsibility for something. I mean the fact that you it's, it's just frustrating. It's terrible, man, and I think it's just setting this example and model for all the forwards and offensive players when they get in the box. They feel a breeze and they're just gonna go towards the ground. Once again, man, light touch, but it, it almost looks, and I'm a Manchester United fan. I love the guys, but I'm going to be honest with you that Anthony Marcel was leaning before he even got yes. any contact. Absolutely. Yeah. So whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do, uh, didn't really change much at all. Of course, Southampton's now down another man. It's almost impossible to play with nine men when you're down 4 nothing, and then another five goals gets put on you. You know, It was nice to see Marcel put two goals in. Bruno got a goal from a PK. Wambasaka got a goal. Dan James got a goal. Rashford got a goal. The list goes on. I do want to just talk about one goal because my boy Scotty McTonamy had a tummy ache last week. Comes back strong. That was wrong. Gets assaulted in the second minute. Plays strong the whole game. And then has that rocket that was deflected back out from Mason Greenwood's shot that he just puts in. A nice little warm burner. Once again, just a good feeling when you're that far out to put it in the back of the net. Yeah. But all said and done, man, a feel for Southampton, known for the nine zeros now. I guess more so Hassan Hotel. Very well. But, um, yeah, moving on. So I, I watched this game. Or, I'm sorry, I watched the highlights of this game, and it, it literally hurt my heart for Southampton. <sighs> Especially when Shea Adams scored. For Southampton, just as a... That's right, I forgot about that. What do they call that? Just a consolation goal, okay? Mm. Shea Adams scores a goal. VAR comes in, starts drawing lines left and right to see if he's offsides. They call it offsides, and then they're like, no, wait, wait, let's go back. Let's let's redo these lines again. Still call it offsides. <clears throat> when you watch them do the segments of the lines, right? Yep. So... They go to, I think, they ended up at Harry Maguire's arm. Mm-hmm. And they go straight down, or maybe his knee, and go straight down. They draw the line. The line comes across. Fred's foot is on the line. And Fred, that's just his name, he's Brazilian, Fred. <laughs> Fred's foot is on the line. It's overlapping. So if that's the case... If you see somebody's foot and the line is going over top of it, that's not the correct line. You need to move the line so that somebody's foot is not on it. It was so close that at this point, you, with what you have done in this game to Southampton, it's not the right call. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough call. I mean, another one like last week with Ings, you know, millimeter offsides or whatever it is. And just like Matt says, are they going from the right line? You know, no. I have to look at it again, but really, it doesn't it doesn't change a whole lot in the game. You know, they would have put one in, but this is like at least three bad, obvious calls in this game. Once again, EPL, can you guys get it together with the officiating? And the worst part is about this, the referees for this game and VAR, 
had refereed Southampton the last game where they had all the mistakes. So Southampton wrote in to the referees board. I can't remember what it's called. It's like P-F-G-O-L or something like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, they wrote say P.F. Chang, so I was getting hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They wrote into the board and was basically like, "Hey, these two guys that have refereed us like twice in a row and give us crap calls for two games and screwed us over so much, how about they not ref us for a a while?" Wow. So, um, which they can do, especially when they feel hard done by, because the Jan Vendorak, the red card was rescinded, which means that. They made a mistake. Tough night for that guy, but and yeah, man, we we will we will get on where <laughs> we spent ten minutes per game so far. Yeah, Let's man. try to speed it up a little. Let's do bit. it. <clears throat> Newcastle one, Crystal Palace two. Yeah, man, another pretty good game, but kind of disappointing for me. I thought Newcastle was going to put it together, but it wasn't very long before the first goal and a nice shot. I mean. For Newcastle, Wilson to John, none other than John Joe Shelby. Yeah. And the was it the second minute? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a nice pass that Callum Wilson was just like, here you go, bro. And John Joe was like, I'll put that in the back. Just you know, I think it actually the ball hits with so much topspin, it hits the ground and then just goes straight in the net. Yeah. But nonetheless, a beautiful shot. Newcastle goes up one nothing, and about twenty minutes go by or so, and. If I'm saying this right, Yarrow, Yarrow, Red, Ridwild. <laughs> <laughs> I can ruin some names, guys. Ridweld. Ridweld. Yes, it's a 21st minute. Ridweld. Yeah. Rita-weld. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it was a, bo- a ball that got rattled around a little bit, goes outside the box, and he just hits it. And I think it took a little minor deflection on the way in, but there's no way you're going to touch that. It was a rocket. I don't know, man. Our boy Carl Darlow, I think, had it. It took a deflection right in front of him. He was diving to his right, and it took a deflection off the defender about probably a yard in front of him and went to the left. Man, that's got to be hard for the keep, man. Yeah. You think you got it, but no, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then not too much, four minutes later, Easy, as I like to call him, because he makes it look so easy to none other than former Chelsea boy, Matt. Yeah. Mr. Gary Cahill. Former Bolton player, Jason. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Been around for a little while, uh, Matt. Just a few. But, uh, man, still got some diesel arms. <laughs> he looks like he's a bust out in his jersey. He, he is a mouth breather. When he runs, <laughs> his cheeks are... Going out like a dang hey, train or something. His body needs that oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just want to point out that this is, he was the oldest person to score a goal for Crystal Palace at the age of 35. Uh, he's still young compared to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that, that really just puts up Crystal Palace 2 1. Wasn't a, a whole lot to talk about afterwards. Um, there were some changes in the side in the second half. Um, Let's see here. Carroll had a chance in the 89th minute. Adam Carroll. Gosh. Andy. Andy. Yeah. The the other, um, ah, dang it, Neanderthal brother. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty up there. He's, uh, he's got some height, that's for sure. Anyway, re- results in a 2-1 win to Palace. I heard that 
Zaha's going to be out for a long time. Yeah, well, it didn't look like he took a whole lot of contact, so was it muscle? Yeah, there's a lot of muscle injuries going on with the quickness of games. All right, moving on to Fulham nil, Leicester 2. In the opening 15 minutes, both teams with shots that test the keeper. But in the 17th minute, James Madison curls in a beauty of a cross. And Ihanacho jumps up. Well, well said. He kind of jumped. I mean, he the defender was in front of him, and he kind of just put his head and kind of had one eye closed and was like, man, I hope this hits me. <laughs> and it did, and it went in. <laughs> it was the old head nod, right? Yeah. What a ball. Yeah, what a beautiful ball. Um, in the 25th minute, I got to say this name, Sionchu. Love it. He had a, I mean, he, he connected with this ball very purely and had it blocked. Um, but in the 44th minute, counterattack to Lester, Ihanacho turns to find Madison. Madison fakes out a defender in the box, pulls it back, just puts it on a plate for James Justin, who instead of being a, um, just being a little too quick with the ball and his decision-making and trying to just smash it in, this defender yes. dribbles around the goalie and then just basically walks it into the net. That, that's the type of Brendan Rodgers confidence right there. James Johnson did a great job. <clears throat> hey, um, I just want to say, is he, is he really a defender? Or is he going to be playing up, up top next he year? He is a defender. I know, I know he's a f- defender, but you see those moves? How confident he is on the ball when attacking? He could be something else. Well, that's why I had him on my fantasy team. Do that. Fantasy's over. Hey, and speaking of fantasy, we we did have a winner and a loser. We only do a half season just so that we can basically enjoy the rest of the second half of it. (laughs) But, um, Henry, if you're out there, we can't wait for you to come down and take your punishment. Womp, 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 womp. Um, so Lester in this game had less possession, but controlled the entire game. So Jason, I got a question for you. Are you on the possession bandwagon? Uh, it depends on the game. I think, you know, I think possession is a nice little tool that you can to use to explain how a game went. If it's that type of game, if you know what I'm talking about, because like a nil nil. Yeah, nil nil or um, you know, even just a draw, both teams score yeah. enough goals to tie. But yeah, I think it comes into play sometimes when you have a countering team and a team that doesn't even play for possession. Because then you can be skewed, you can have like a four or five goal game, and maybe the losing team got sixty percent versus forty. Yeah. You know, I hear all these uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I hear all these people talk about uh, the evolution of the game, right? Mm-hmm. And I listened to some other soccer podcasts, and they continue to talk about, well, the the game has changed so much. From my knowledge, the game is still exactly the same. The idea is to put the ball in the back of the opposing team's net yes. and to do that as quick as possible with the least amount of effort. So teams like, let's just say the team that I despise the most, Spurs, Tottenham, Jose Mourinho, what does he do? He lets his team just sit back, and then they catch people on the counter. 
I mean, it's smart. If you have somebody that's quick, the quickest way to get to the goal is just to play it forward. So I don't, I don't understand this evolution of the game. The game has not changed that much. Maybe players have changed and their roles have changed, but the game's still the same. Get the ball in the back of the opposing net. Yeah. No, I mean, it, things evolve, and I think we're talking about players. We're talking about kits. We're talking about balls. We're talking about fields. Yeah. You, you know, those, those are those uh, variables that can interchange and evolve. That's for sure. All right. Well, we will mer- move on to Burnley with no wood versus Man City. Burnley nil, Man City two. Yeah, another game at Turf Moor. But anyway, I just had to – man, it's Sean Dice, raspy voice. Love anyway, yeah. Very interesting game. Oh, I guess in a lot of, lot, of, lot of fans for Burnley were like, maybe they can put a win together. I don't know. You're, come, you're playing City, which is pretty tough right now, looking pretty good. Didn't take too long before they put it in the back of the net again. Third minute. Third minute. None other than Bernardo Silva <laughs> has a shot, and it's deflected. But Pope, such a great goalkeeper. It's unfortunate to see that he just kind of volleyball set the ball right to none other than Gabriel Jesus for a header in the back of the net. I was watching this game with uh, Mr. the sole proprietor of O'Toole's. Mm. And was watching it with him, and he was like, "Man, this key—he's—he's he's not very knowledgeable on everything." Yeah. Um, he he will watch the games, but he doesn't know the players. Let's just say like we do. And I'm like, "No, Pope's a really good goalie." And he was like, "He wasn't there." And I'm like, "I know." Like that was pretty poor. I mean, mm. and then he there was another time where he, he came out and um he took the ball away from somebody and it was i mean easily man city could have gone in and scored but he he kicked the ball away yep. and he kind of stumbled yep <laughs> this guy was like man does this guy know how to use his feet i mean he looks like he's just <laughs> all hands and i'm like he kind of is he he really is not good with his feet but when it comes to saving he can yeah. make some great of saves. all games to watch him miss yeah. Man, Pope's good between the posts, but uh, really shaky in the beating. That was actually hard to say. I don't know how I spelled that out. Pope between the post. Yeah, the Pope. Anyway, (laughs) just what Pep would want. Nothing other than an early goal and no wood in the Burnley side for the match. So not looking up. I mean, they had a lot of forwards out, a lot of injuries for Burnley, and City just looked to just get that first goal and do what they do best. And that is frustrate another team. We know we just talked about possession, but City just took all possession in the first half. Just playing, it looked like a game of monkey in the middle. Yeah. Did you ever play that when you were a kid? Chasing shadows, man. Oh, man. Just not fun for anybody, anytime. And uh, another thing that I saw, which was nice, I just want to point out, because I actually want to say his name again. Ilkai Gundwin. Man. That dude just has such a cheeky calm about him when he's got the ball. Like, it almost just is contagious to the rest of the team. So, gosh, they got him well. They got all their number 10s. Anyway, they sit on the ball. Another another goal in the 38th minute, none other than Mares to Gundogan, then to Sterling with a right-footed tap-in. I mean, not, it looks so easy. 
And that ball was actually sent out from, man, none other than Ederson from the back. I don't know if you saw that, but that was like one of the beautiful, most beautiful, quickest exchanges. And really, not a whole lot to talk about that. I know that's all the first half, but second half was a lot of shifting. Sean Dice was, Sean Dice was trying to get his boys out there to play better. So he made some uh, changes and really nothing. You know, uh, Joel Mbongo, if I'm saying his name right, the Swedish forward, had his first debut. Good. It actually looked pretty good and changed things as soon as he took Vidra out and put on the, the Swede forward in Mbongo. So we may see him start later on in the season but uh nothing but a clean sheet for man city again scary how many clean sheets they're putting up right now yep. all right moving on to my side chick leeds united one everton two yeah in the ninth minute andre gomez this guy's got just some hair on him i mean even his eyebrows look like it they need a, a trim every month you know <laughs> Maintenance. Uh, but he plays a wonderful ball out wide to Luca Dean. Mm. And he just takes one touch and just fires it into the danger zone. <laughs> and what I mean by that is basically the in between the six-yard box and the PK. That's where a goalie doesn't want to really come out. Defenders are trying to it's just, just consider it the danger zone. But, yeah, the Leeds defenders just were – caught sleeping and who comes flying in the flying viking gilfy sigerson <laughs> old gilf we haven't <laughs> oh gilf oh man oh, gilf that's just weird um gilfy <laughs> we haven't said his name very <laughs> sorry Ugh. gosh that's weird oh i, I kind of like that it's gonna stick man okay i know what we're gonna call this one um, Sigerson has been playing well. He's come back into the squad, but yeah, what a great run by him. Just sprinted right through the D. Like I said, Leeds defenders were just caught napping. But in the 19th minute, Oliowski, another mm. wonderful name. These, this is just the names. Do you remember um, Sammy Amiobi? <laughs> Say that three times fast. I know, right? Or what about Bastian Schweinsteiger? Schweinsteiger. I love saying this. Well, I love the translation of his last name, too. What is it? Well, what is a Schwein? It's a pig, right? I don't know. <laughs> well, Schwein, <laughs> is, from don't what speak I, the German. I don't speak German either, but uh, I know that a, Schwe a Schwein or a Schwein oh, okay, is okay. a pig. Okay. So uh, I guess his family had some with pork or something. I don't oh, know. Cool. Anyway, a really cool. long name. Yes. We'll get back to the Leeds game. Alioski, they do a training ground corner where basically it's like something that you've planned. And, yeah, Alioski just smashes the ball up against the post, volleyed it. I love this, man. That's one of those where um, he's standing outside the box as a defender. Nobody's really guarding him because he's like four foot nothing. So he's not going to come in to win a header. So what they do, guy first times the ball from a corner, basically puts it on a plate for him, and he just volleys the crap out of it. But hits the post. Yep. In the 41st minute, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, DCL, is back. He went through a little barren run, but 
he crashed crashed into the net, crashed onto the ball. Basically, it was from a corner, flicked. I thought it was flicked on by um, Godfrey, but on a closer mm. inspection, it was actually flicked on by a Leeds defender. Flicks it on, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin just basically runs the ball with himself into the back of the net to make it 2 nothing. Would you call that a diving header? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like... It's kind yes of like, and no. It's, yeah. it's, it's in between, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Not like your typical Superman, but halfway there. Yeah, yeah. But in the 48th minute, Everton fails to clear the ball in the box, and Patty Bam Bam puts it on a plate for Rafina. The more I see this guy play, like his goals that he scored are just placement. Yeah. Like he, and I looked him up today because I watched, uh, before you came over, I, I watched all of the goals from this week just to, just to get a refresher on all of them. Mm-hmm. And, man, that goal – was just beautiful, but I looked him up, and he spent the last two seasons at different clubs. He was two seasons ago. He was at I think it was Sporting in Portugal, and last year he was at Rennes in France. Now he's at Leeds. This guy can play, and his goals, I mean, are just so silky smooth with that left foot. So yeah, yeah, on that right side coming around with that yeah. left foot, just nasty, nasty yeah. touch. So there was a lot of time for Leeds to get back in this game. And in the 52nd minute, you just knew that the ball was going to find its way in. But Leeds tested the keeper about three, three times in about 15 seconds. And it wasn't Jordy Picky. No. Mm. Apparently he's out injured. I thought he was just benched after the last game where he fumbled that ball into the net. But no. No, this was Olsen. Olsen kept kept him out and ended up giving him the win. Yeah, that was interesting. Leaves went for it, but it just wasn't enough in the end. I'll raise my eyebrow for that one. <laughs> Very well, Carlo Ancelotti. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that thing's on a moon mission sometimes. Yeah, man. All right, next game. Villa... One, Aston Villa one, West Ham, the best team in London, three. Mm-hmm. And West Ham actually won the last meeting two to one. And this time was at Villa Park. I just have to point out my boy Jesse Lingard gets his first start with the West Ham side. Very exciting mm-hmm. just to see him get some playing time and see what he can do for another team. Anyway, not really... Uh, whole lot to talk about in the first half. There was a good bit of action back and forth. Mikel Antonio, Matt's boy. Yeah. Oh, actually, a uh, little truth here is I had him first, and I dropped him when he got hurt, and Matt was smart enough to pick him up for the fantasy. I knew he was going to come back. Gosh, such a quality player, soft-spoken Mikel Antonio. You know, and, half of this game, yeah. he had one of his shorts legs, like, tucked up into, <laughs> uh, yeah, way high. And I'm like, see... Is he going to pull that down, or is he just trying to show off for the ladies? You've noticed some players do that here and there, where Tammy Abraham does it all the damn time. Well, he doesn't have the thighs to support that. I know, like, but he always has his, his right, uh, I think it's his right short is pulled up. It's, it's I don't know what it, what it is. It's, it may be gangster, it may be not. 
I mean, Antonio's got the thighs where if he pulls up the short, it gets stuck up there. He's like a mini Traore. He's very strong, but very soft-spoken. And uh, I just wanted to say, he and Jesse Lingard seem to show some early chemistry, which is exciting. And when you see that in the game, especially when, you know, Jesse Lingard hasn't spent much time with West Ham. He's just in there for the side, and gosh, a lot of headers back and forth, some, some things for Villa. You know, uh, Watkins had a chance in the 22nd minute, but hits the head, header over the goal. You know, West Ham was just firing away early. And uh, I just want to say, West Ham looked really sharp in that first half. But once again, not really anything to tell your mom about as far as goals. Were they wearing the All Blacks? Yeah, that is... I think so. I think so. That's, you know, I should know that because I watched the game, but... I think Daniel, they were I wearing the all-blacks. Really, didn't really looks remember. Good. you got to love an all-black. Yeah. Yeah. Black shorts, black, black on black. It was it's black nice. on black on black, actually. They they rocked the black socks, too. Yeah, that's and right. If you're old school, rock the black cleats. i got some black Puma Kings in my truck. Those are the love man, them. Puma Kings. you got to love some Puma Kings. And they're the all-black ones. Mm. Maybe we'll get some free ones just for mentioning Puma King. Anyway, nice. uh, Vlad- I just want to say one thing before the end of the second half. I noticed that Vladimir Sufal, if I'm saying his name correctly. Sufal. Sufal. Yeah. Man, he was just doing work with Jack Graylish. Like, they were going at each other. I love seeing that. Oh, man, I enjoyed that. And I was like, where was Jack this whole game? Oh, Sufal. Had him in his pocket. In his pocket. But anyway, jumping down to the second half where all the action was. Um, gosh. Bertrand, am I saying his name correct? Bertrand Traore? Yep. Is brought in for El Ghazi to make a little bit of a change. Um, Former Chelsea player, yeah. Yes, that's right. In the second half, to just see if it'll help Villa possess more of the ball, and it actually did. Seemed to make a little bit of a change in the first 10 minutes or so, but not enough because in the 51st minute, none other than said Ben Rama, to Suchek, man, Suchek, yep. what a pickup, dude. Yep. Nice right foot shot for a, just a quality goal. Like, just if you were to look at the goal, just the standard, put it in the back of the net. Yep. Nothing Absolutely. but quality. And then not too much longer, what, five minutes later, yep. the second goal, debut goal for Jesse Lingard from none other than Mikhail Antonio. That chemistry was showing. Jesse Lingard's, both of his goals this game went right through Martinez. Yes. And you know that when he he looks back on this game, he has to be furious with himself. Or maybe he's happy because Lingard paid him off and he got paid well. (laughs) Man, that's a whole other cast right there. But, uh... (laughs) I do. Shortly after that, I mean, gosh, what a play. Mikel Antonio was just playing really well, and he got robbed right off the line in the 62nd minute from none other than, man, the tower in the back, Mr. I like to call him the Mings. <laughs> oh, man, with his interesting braids on top, you always can see him. He's one of the tallest players out there, but he clears a ball right off the line and then yeah. screams as he goes into the net because we all know that does not feel too good. Oh, yeah, he slid in and <clears throat> went over the back part that holds the net in, and mm. you could tell it just, like, I remember sliding 
And sometimes when you do that, your shin guard kind of moves to the side. Yeah. And so your shin is unprotected, and it, that's what it looked like. It looked like he just kind of ran his shin down along that yeah, wedge. It looked, it I hurt. got a nasty boo-boo on my shin right now. <laughs> but no, he's, a, he's a trooper. He got up, played the rest of the game. Um, and really, after that, <laughs> cracking Thanks me up. Thanks for worrying about my boo-boo, Jesse. Yeah, you're cracking me up over here, Matt. <laughs> We'll we'll talk about bruises later. Um, not, it's a cut, man. It's not a bruise. It's a boo boo. Oh, we'll, we'll call the ambulance. The ambulance. Yeah, there we go. All right. So anyway, getting back down to business here. Trezeguet came on for Barkley in the 69th minute. Of course, once again, Villa trying to do something to change the game. It just didn't look too good for Villa at that point in time, but. What do you know? In the 81st minute, Graylish finds Ollie Watkins. He Ollie, finally Ollie. got out. And it was a nice right-footed shot for the goal, man. i got to give it to Ollie. He's really done just quality this year so far. Yeah. But Especially coming from the championship to play in the Premier League. He hasn't really lost a step. Right. That's right. And then, of course, that last goal, you know, we kind of touched on it with Martinez. He really didn't have the best hands for Jesse, did he? Because Jesse wasn't too long after that. He put in his second goal for the game. And it was similar in some ways, but something the goalie could have done a little bit better. I know there was a little bit of a dip and some movement on it at the end, but... Straight through his hands. Yeah, I just thought more from Martinez than what we really saw. But, you know, everybody has their days. Yep. All right, moving on to... Liverpool nil, Brighton and Hove Albion what? Yeah, like uh, we in the same universe. Yes, we are. Yeah. It's just Liverpool's losing again. Two in a, or two losses at home this year? Is that right, Matt? They went 68 games without losing at home, and then they have lost the last two in a row. Yeah, man, but just getting down into this game, I just want to point out that they drew last time. So you know Mr. Klopp was like, let's put it together. we got to make a statement. No Allison due to sickness. No COVID. Just they didn't say. Hopefully he gets better. Uh, well, of course, we always hope somebody gets better. Absolutely. But, uh, man, just one pivotal uh, play in the third minute. Henderson from the back sent a ball forward from uh, Mo Salah. Mo, Mo. And, man, we just didn't see the same Mo Salah that we saw in the last game because – he took it on his right foot, and it goes way over the bar. Uh, you know, you'd want him back, but you can't. It's gone. You give it your best. It just didn't look good after that. For some reason, it was like the wind was out of the sail for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot to talk about in that first half. There was a lot of back and forth. Saw the Silver Fox out there trying to make passes, make something happen. Young guns. Yeah, Fox. but... Balls over the bar, not really putting it together. There's a few times where Liverpool just couldn't get the ball off their feet in the box. But what do you what do you, what can you do? You gotta try, you gotta come back out in the second half and do work. But Liverpool really couldn't do work. Cause in the 56th minute, Steve Alzante. Oh Alzate. I don't even know if I say his name right. Matt's looking at me like, man, Jason needs to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is, I think it's Alzate. Yeah, Alzate. Put a goal in off of Troussard. It was kind of hard. Who scored it? I think Troussard looked at him, and he was like, 
Ah, was it me? Was it you? It's in the back of the net. We're up one nothing on Liverpool. Yeah. And what do you do after that, Matt? You just got to park the bus, make some changes. And what did Brighton do? Made some changes, put some fresh faces in there. Lalana. You got Oxlade Chamberlain coming in on the side for one album because he wasn't playing well. So both managers are shifting things around, trying to get the win. But they didn't. Brighton held on to the one nothing win. And now Liverpool, man, dropping further down the table. Yep. Yep. Good win for Brighton. I mean, they're a strong squad. They just haven't had the best of luck. But maybe that will turn around for them. Yeah, I hope so. All right, getting to the final game, the a, a London Derby. Tottenham nil, Chelsea one. Um, I'm gonna try to keep this short and sweet. Chelsea controlled the first half. It looked like Tottenham was still sleepwalking from the last game. <laughs> um, in the 23rd minute, Eric Dyer was trying to do like a Mortal Kombat ground kick or something to clear a ball and sweep the leg. Yeah, sweeped uh, Werner's leg. Jorginho steps up and puts away the penalty, which was interesting because whenever there's a penalty for Chelsea and I'm watching it live, I can't I can't watch it. Like wow. I like I went into the kitchen and was just standing in the kitchen and I heard it hit the back of the net <laughs> and I was like yes. But <clears throat> anyway, I just I'm yeah weird about that um Jorginho no no hop no skip no jump just put it in yeah first half Chelsea really controlled had some chances they're still lacking they're finishing in the final third you can tell they're just a little bit off going into the second half Mourinho changed up his tactics and tried to press Chelsea higher up the field and it worked um, it worked. Chelsea, you know, were a little more timid on the ball, mm-hmm. but still were able to break through the lines and had really good opportunities to really put the game to bed, but could not do it. And Tottenham basically came to life in the 80, 80th, 80 minute onward. Yeah. Last 10 minutes, they were really pushing Chelsea. Lamella tested Mindy with a good shot. Um, I think Mindy had it covered all the way, but the one that made me squirm a little bit, the squeaky bum time, yeah, was the 80, I think it was like the 86 minute uh, Vinicius. Yes. The header. Close. Man, on any, probably he scores that nine times out of ten. So, yeah, I mean, Chelsea, three games under Thomas Tuchel, no goals against. Only three goals scored. I mean, that's basically one per game. So we're looking stronger. We look like we have an identity. He's getting getting the best out of players that have been lost in the wilderness for a while. And, yeah, I like what I'm seeing with them. So. Yeah, I have to agree, Matt. I really enjoy the difference in formations. I like the creativity that's being brought with logic. Um, and, yes. man, it makes a difference. And I don't know, I'm just going to put this out there because I was watching this last game, Reese James. I like seeing him in the side. 
but I really feel like he's got a little bit like his sister Lauren. He's got a little bit of an offense, almost like he wants to play forward sometimes. And if you don't know, Lauren James plays for the uh, women's Manchester United team. I did not. Yeah, and she's actually pretty good. I was watching them, I don't know, man, this is a while ago, when there was nothing else on. You just It was on, I want to watch soccer. And I was like, oh, wow, that's Lauren James. And they were talking about Reese James and learn something new. But he's got it in him. Yeah, when he was uh, on loan at Wigan two seasons ago, mm-hmm. they would actually put him in the midfield as like a center mid. Mm. And, dude, he had some bangers, like yeah. long shot. He – I think Tuchel will – Tuchel, however you say it, um, I think he will be able to get a lot more out of him. I feel like Reese is a little timid going forward right now. He's still trying to figure out what the coach needs of him. Yeah. You know, because he's, he's, he's played with different coaches probably throughout – his professional career so I think he's just slowly getting into that role but yeah great win for Chelsea moved ahead of Tottenham moving on up in the table so good win yeah so another another wild week Um, got games starting tomorrow morning yeah man so yeah it's gonna be coming thick and fast but now we are moving on to our segments Right at an hour again. Doing well, boys. Yeah. So this first one we like to call. It's the creme de la. It's the creme de la. It's the creme de la. Creme Crem de la prem. Basically, this is, you know, world class, top draw. Yep. Something, you know. Proper quality. There you go. There you go. Who you, who you got for your creme de la creme this week, Jason? Man, uh, there's, there was a lot of good action this week, but I have to give it to none other than Jesse Lingard for two goals and a debut for West Ham. I knew you were going to say the that. The West Ham boys. Man, I should start singing on this. But anyway, two goals for his debut. Big ups to Jesse. Wish him the best. Do what you got to do. Get your experience and... Come back and do work for us. You think he'll come back? I think so. I think he'll be sold. It's possible. I guess I'm trying to think positive. I actually like the guy. I think he yeah. does well. But, you know, don't want to hold him down if you got a good midfield already at United. We'll, well see. I mean, how, you know, since OGS has been there, he really hasn't got a lot of playing time. No, maybe in some FA Cups and, yeah. you know, some other games. But once again, David Moyes is going to have a similar issue. Who is he going to play in his midfield? Anyway, we'll see next week. Yep. Well, I've got to go with the um, would you like some mash with your banger, Jal Matinho. I love a rocket from the outside. And, man, this little wee man who's like four foot five, it's probably 100 pounds worth of just hair. <laughs> he just smashed this ball and man it was a beauty if you haven't seen it it's about a 35 yarder so please check it out great goal great yeah. goal jow which is which is it's just um portuguese for john oh yeah we'll just call him we'll start calling him john john matino <laughs> matino <laughs> all right well this next segment is uh, something you 
Well, one, you don't want your name to be called out. Uh, your mom is like, man, just bless that little kid. It's just, it's not good. It's just not good. So we like to call this. Bless your Bless your heart. Well done. Joe, did you hear that? Oh, man, hope it lived up to the standards, Joe. <laughs> Jason, who you got for Bless Your Heart? Who do I have for Bless Your Heart? I've got none other than, I'm going to call him Janet Bedarak. No, Jan Bedarak. I know the red card was rescinded, but, man, not a good week for that dude. Wrong place at the wrong time for the bank shot own goal. And then... For the touchy-touch foul on the red card, I hope he can get past that. So, studs line on that, or... Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Um, Jan Benderek was the first player, and and I don't have the actual stat, but it's it's been a very long time since a player... It may have been the the only time in the Premier League era that somebody has scored an own goal... Gave away a penalty and gets sent off. Yeah, so, man. Yeah, I just felt bad for him because he was, you know, when you when you start off the game in the second minute and one of your players just does something stupid to get sent off and you're just, you know, you're in for a rough outing. But he he played with his heart, and I mean the OG couldn't really help. He had mm-hmm. to get it out. Did what he could. Yeah. Um, penalty soft. Shouldn't have been rescinded. So, yeah, just unfortunate for Jan Benderak. It'd be interesting, interesting to see how he comes out in this next game. Yeah. I just wanted to see I was just looking at the score, 9-0. Nine, 9 means no in German, right? And Hazard Hutter. I probably just ruined his name again. But mm-hmm. uh, are they going to title that now, a 9 nothing? Like, anytime there's a 9 nothing loss, is it going to be a Hazard Hutter game? Well... The good thing, I think he even said this after the game. He was like, "Well, you know what happened the last time we got beat on nothing? They turned their season around. Yeah, that's and true. they've actually been playing really well up until you know they've had a lot of injuries, which every team mm-hmm. has, but theirs have come at the wrong time. So yeah, too yeah, bad. I was I was really contemplating on giving it to the dang referees of that game, but <laughs> you know. Anyway, Maybe or just Southampton in general. Like, that was just – I I really – because I've enjoyed watching them lately, except for the sash. I hate their sash jerseys, and they were rocking the navy blue on royal blue jerseys, which really smooth. The Saints. Oh, man, love that. So. I, I enjoy them. I enjoy watching them play, yeah. whether it's Ward-Prowse, Vestigard, Ings. Yeah. They got some really Shea. good players. Love that name. Shea. Shea. Hey, Shay. All right, we are moving on to the final segment. This is something, let's just say, since we're the Sears soccer studs, this could be something very gentlemanly. This could be some another banger that you saw. I mean, could be anything that was creme de la creme S. Yes. So, Jason, we like to call this... Fine as frog's hair. It's so fine. So fine. 
Who you got, Jason? Who I's got? I's got none other than I, I got. I had to talk one more time about one of those nine goals, Matt. And this might be a surprise to some people, but once again, I just got to say, Mr. Scotty McDormany. I'll tell you what, that was quite a worm burner you put in the back of the net there in the second half, coming back from a tummy ache last week. Beautiful. Just got to give it. Oh, man. Yeah, it was. that was a great strike. I thought he hit it with his laces, but it almost looks like he hit it with his instep, which is even more difficult to finish it that way. You got you, If you're going to say something about Scotty McTominay, Got to say something about uh, Vanderbeek, who kind of pulled his foot out of the way so that he didn't get a deflection on it and possibly offsides. That kid, I feel bad for him because he came into a squad that didn't really need him in the position, but he has a massive soccer IQ. Yes. Very intelligent player, and I just feel for him. He He should be playing, and... Somewhere. I couldn't agree with you more, man. Like, I wish he could find his way in the side in some other position. Because he – actually, I I believe he's very versatile. I think he can play defense. I think he – like you said, very high IQ for the game. And you see it out there. Yeah, that's the Ajax and that's the really the Dutch soccer philosophy is the total football. Yes. They basically train – players to play any position basically other than goalie so you know it all started back with um johan cruyff you know the the idea is that you if a defender makes an attacking run the midfielder would drop in so when you watch this team like ajax play a few seasons ago when they went to real madrid and beat real madrid at the Bernabeu, mm. that team was just unreal. And a lot of it is this philosophy and these high IQ players that can, they just understand where their positioning is. And if they see somebody in front of them making a run, they know to cover. So, yeah, it's just, sorry for the philosophy. Hey, no, I love it, Matt. I mean, I, my, gosh, grew up watching Dennis Bergkamp. And when the Netherlands were playing, they were just amazing. At least, you know, they were talking early 90s. Uh, but, yes, that style of play is beautiful to watch when, it, yeah. and it, when it's at its best. And I think it's, it's, it's going forward that is the philosophy that I would want to coach. Yeah. It doesn't matter what position you play. At some point, an attacking player is going to have to defend. So why not make them as good of a attacker as they are a defender? Yeah, man. Versatility, brother. Well, my finest frog's hair this week, man, I've made a lot of fun of him over the years, but I got to give props up to Gary Cahill. Yeah. So I, I actually was watching this game live and saw this coming. I, for some reason, I focused on Gary Cahill and the run that he made in the box. I'm like, oh, man, he's going to get that. And what a great header. And like you said, oldest Crystal Palace player to score at 35, a defender. I've made fun of him over the years for scoring some worldy own goals. <laughs> <laughs> but it, all joking aside, this guy is a true professional. 
he won everything with Chelsea. Everything. And I know that, Gary Cahill, I know that you're listening. Chelsea did you wrong. Mauricio, sorry, didn't even give you a proper send-off. And, and I, I feel feel bad about that. And I'm glad that you're able to – you were able to stay in London and keep playing. Hope you didn't have to move your family too far. But you're a true professional, and I respect you as an individual, a person, and a player. Well said. All right, guys. Well, we did pretty good this week on time. Um, if you want to email us, please do so at seersoccerstuds at gmail. If you want to hit us up on Instagram and become our friend, which we've got about seven, so thank you all seven of you. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe eight or nine now since Not so lonely. Jason and his wife decided to hook us up with a couple more. <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah, we're at Seer Soccer Studs on Instagram, at Seer Soccer Studs on Twitter. So, guys, once again, we appreciate you. Have a great week. Stay warm. Yes. And you came for the footy and stayed for the accents. All right. Until next time, studs up.